in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? UNLV basketball is going on a preseason trip to Vancouver, according to Jeff Goodman. Oh, that's nice. Uh, college basketball teams do this. I think they can do it every four years. They can go on an international trip, play some preseason games in August. Uh, I'm not sure who they will play. A lot of times teams will go to a different country and they'll play local semi-pro teams yeah. or professional, depending like on the league that's there. college type teams. Sometimes other colleges will go to the same place and right. they'll play a di another Division One school. So I'm curious who they end up playing because I don't know what exactly is in Vancouver. Um, but beautiful. Yeah. Here's, here's a question for you. August, they're going to Vancouver. When I think Marvin Menzies did this, I want to say they went to the Bahamas. Yes. Uh, some teams go to Europe. If you are a UNLV basketball player right now, are you excited that you're getting a trip to Vancouver or are you disappointed you're not going somewhere better? Dude, you get to go to Stanley Park? Uh, I'm well, I'm excited for anything because you get to go on a trip, but I would probably think there are other places that I'd rather be. But I'm excited because you're going somewhere. But, but you when get you to realize see you the Brockton Point totem well, poles. You mean you could have, yeah, you're, you're saying if you realize right. you could have gone to the Bahamas. Right. When you look around and you see, you know, Colorado State's going to Rome. They're not. But like when you see another right. school is going some other country or city or something. I'd say, what, what are we doing, Kev? They've got one of the Vancouver. best museums of anthropology in the entire country of Canada. If they like scenery, then they're doing fine. Uh, I've been to Vancouver once. We went to Stanley Park. We rented bikes, rode them around. We apparently were riding them the wrong way on the bike path and got yelled at by Canadians that we were going the wrong way. Really? Yeah. Did you turn around? Uh, no, I kept pedaling. Um... My girlfriend, who is a rule follower, got off her bike and walked the rest of the way. Because the wrong she, way, though. Uh, she like got on a walking path with her bike and walked the rest of the way because she didn't want to upset any more Canadians. <laughs> Jesus. Happy to move on to the, to the next question here, Aaron. Brian Windhorst said on ESPN yesterday, nobody in the NBA believes the Sixers are going to give James Harden a max contract. James Harden can opt in for next season at $47 million, but he's got nothing else signed beyond that. I think um, he's opting in. And that's that. If you're the Sixers, there's zero chance you can yeah, give what? him a max contract. Did you see him right? play in the playoffs? You're going to give that guy, what's, what's, what's a max, $200 million? Yeah, and we've seen... Two years of James Harden yeah, not being James Harden. Right. Oh, they got like, whale watching. You're probably not going to get a legitimately good player out of James Harden. You're right. going to get a useful role player, a useful number three out of James Harden. But I don't think there's any way you can give him a no. max contract. And if you are 
the 76ers, I think that what you have to avoid is that they traded away James or they traded away Ben Simmons and they thought they were getting a star level, you know, one, two punch with Joel Embiid. They can't sign James Harden to a max contract simply because they're chasing that. Where oh, we no. gave up Simmons for this no. guy. We've got to make if it. If you work. watched him during the the like you said the last two years, you can't sign this guy. Yeah. Let him let him opt in for forty seven million. Yeah, and that's and that's gonna hurt a little for next year. Yeah. But <laughs> but I, mean, I think that's what you do. And not gonna hurt him if he play, Here's the thing, if he if you let him opt in, and if next season he's awesome or something, right? It's he's back to James Harden. Then, then sign him. Then you can be like, all yeah. right, here's a max contract. Yeah. I don't think that happens. He opts in. He makes $47 million. He plays fine over the course of a season. And then you probably let him go yeah. and say, if somebody else wants to give you that bit much money, go for it, James. But we can't do that because we've got to find a better number two for Joel Embiid. Next question. Kyle Lowry has been ruled out for game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Marcus Smart is questionable for game one. Smart has a foot spray and Lowry has already missed some time in the postseason yeah oladipo's got it celtics getting an think, easy path here i think Marcus uh, smart plays by the way uh well yes they're getting an easy path because none of us believe in the miami heat well i <laughs> i don't think it'll be an easy path in the sense of the way the heat will play well you go through their first round matchup is with brooklyn who did not Talking have ben simmons right second round matchup is with Milwaukee. Milwaukee doesn't have Chris Middleton. Goes seven. Semi or semifinals here or Eastern finals here. And Kyle Lowry's gonna miss game one. Now he hasn't been ruled out for the series, but if Kyle Row- Kyle Lowry misses multiple games, you're talking about them walking through the East with all three teams they're playing missing one of its two best players. Or three best players, right. I guess, in Ben Simmons' case. That's I mean that's pretty significant, right? I mean, you're talking about health in the NBA playoffs this year. If you get to play every team that, uh, yeah, we're missing a star right. today, that that makes it a lot easier. That's how the Suns kind of got there last year, too. They kind of... Oh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, they were good, right. but, like, Celtics are good, too. They, but, list, they missed... They, they, they got a lot of teams who were missing yeah, good players. They were... I think the only truly healthy team they played was the Bucs, right? It was Milwaukee in the final. And even then, Giannis was not 100%. Still beat him. Yeah. So it's, it's I guess the reality of what the NBA Finals are is how healthy are you, and you might win a series just because Chris Middleton's out. Great question. Deshaun Watson will meet with the NFL this oh, week. Josina Anderson said, "I'm to also told that NFL officials are currently scheduled to meet with Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson in Texas this week." Per league sources. Have they not met with him yet? Maybe they haven't sat down with him yet, which is amazing given he signs that huge deal with the Browns. Everyone's everyone's guessing what the what the suspension will be. And they it apparently they still haven't met with him. I still think gosh, I'm still thinking minimum six games. Can I ask you what would have happened last year? If the Texans just said, we're activating Deshaun Watson. I think they would have suspended him. I don't think he would have ever gotten on the field. Without meeting with him? No, I'm not saying they wouldn't have met with him. But, but if the Texans in week yeah. four just said, we're activating the guy. Until does, we can complete our investigation, he will be placed on the commissioner exemplist. So the Texans yeah. could have sped this entire process up by saying, we're activating the guy? Yeah, but then they wouldn't have gotten anything for him. Why not? 
He would have served no, the yeah, suspension. They would have gotten yeah, more. They, they, you could have charged more. He would have gotten suspended for last year. I shouldn't year. have talked. But they w- yeah. no, they would have put him on the suspension. I'm going to go list, back right? looking at uh, right. But like for me, I mean, he wouldn't have played. Yeah, but if the t- if the Texans said they have we're a botanical garden, we're activating him, <laughs> and the NFL comes in and says, "All right, he's suspended. We're starting our investigation." I assume that investigation would have been done by now. I mean, if they had yeah. done that, like. Eight Which means ago? they would have met with them by now. Right. They would have. Or you'd essentially you would have so. them. Right. They would have met with them. And this whole process does could have been sped up you, if the Texans had just said, hey, we're playing the guy. Does this give you cause to believe that maybe they won't suspend him or that he won't uh, he won't get what we're thinking? If they haven't met with him yet, if they haven't found it pertinent enough to meet with him yet, and they're already meeting and, well, and camp opens in a month, I, a little more than a month, but camp opens a little more than a month. I think the reason they haven't met with him is because the Texans did the NFL a favor last year, and they just said he'll be on the roster, but we're not going to play him. And so the NFL didn't have to suspend him. What, right. What's the point? So I think the Texans did him a favor. The NFL didn't have to think about Deshaun Watson last year. Didn't It did not matter to them. They just started and, now. Yeah, and now that he got <laughs> traded to the Browns, they were like, oh, we got to pay attention to Deshaun Watson. And yeah, I, I assume there's going to be a punishment. Like at this point, there just has to be for the sake of saving face like if you're the nfl this guy can't play week one no right? no like no he chance. can't play week one no. unless like there'd have to be some crazy thing where like all 26 women or whatever it is come out and say we all made it yeah, up yeah we were just kidding we were lying it was like, just a laugher we just all had the same details that right. we made up so like, but if you're the nfl you that, that guy can't play week no, one he can't Amazing that it's taken until now for them to this, meet with the guy. Is, does this remind you? I don't know if this ever happened to you, but you'd have an assignment that was like given to you week one of a class, and it was like, yeah, you got to turn this in by the end of the year, week before the semester. Before the semester ends. <laughs> you start. Like, All absolutely. right, let's yeah, get started. You absolutely started. Yeah, they're they're before the semester ends technically. Season doesn't start till truly September because he won't be suspended for preseason games. They could they could push this that out a does, little longer. Oh, suspending him for preseason games definitely feels like an NFL move. It's a six-game suspension, two for the four, or the three preseason games, and the three and three regular season. When's their first primetime game? We'll have them back by then. Uh, uh, we'll see. Antonio Brown tweeted that he wants to retire a Steeler. Okay, does this mean cool. he wants to retire I mean, now? Maybe he just wants to retire. He'll change his just mind want in two to reti- weeks. Just want to retire a Steeler, the tweet says. He'll All right, then just retire. Hey, retire a buck right now. You got to sign that one-day contract. Yeah, you got to sign do the one-day deal. Yeah, you got to do it. Oh, yeah, That's you the rules. Sign, you got to sign the deal to retire. Yep, the one-day one contract day. and then retire. Yep. And then we'll hear from him in two weeks about how he's playing in that Johnny Manziel football league where the fans call the plays. If something happened early on with the Raiders... Would they ever call him? Oh, that'd be incredible. It'd be unbelievable <laughs> be, if they did. It'd be great. You would have an organization that he already angered, and Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler were in New England when he was in New England and right. got cut by the Patriots. Right. It'd be incredible. Which is which they wouldn't, but it'd be hilarious. Yeah, would be incredible if they did. But we talked about it. Their wide receiver depth right now is Demarcus Robinson and Mac Hollins. Yeah. So never say never? I guess not, but... I don't think they would, but it'd be great. Vancouver has two Chinatowns. Coming up next. How come the Raiders didn't get moved to St. Louis? Raiders lead it 5-2. to two.
We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Were you mad yesterday when the Diamondbacks had a lead over the Dodgers? Yes. Okay. Is there a bad team? Uh, they've been playing better lately, but they're not obviously not. They're, obviously, they're not as good. They're, they're, yeah, they're their team in, batting average is above two hundred. Bullpen stinks. So, uh, um, yeah, yeah, they're not as good. So I was mad. Day okay. night doubleheader today, the first ever in the history of the LA Dodgers. Can you believe that at Dodger Stadium, day night? The Dodgers have never what? Day night. That's what uh, that's what the guy said last night on the uh, um, on the uh, telecast. They've had doubleheaders there, but like a, I guess a day night. So like, oh, there's like one at like 11 a.m. and one at noon and one at seven. Okay, so they've done double headers. They've but done double headers, like but never like four o'clock and game two right. starts 30 minutes later. Right. This is no. two legit separate yes. games. Yes. Interesting. Okay. All right. Um, better win both. Bull game, <laughs> bullpen game. The first game, they better find a way. <laughs> the Dodgers are doing bullpen games again. Kershaw, Where are man. All the starters? Kershaw. Oh, he did get hurt. I yeah, forgot. He's, it. He's Dude, the Dodgers team. have no minor leaguers that can pitch five innings. They brought one up the other day, and he he, he gave up four earned runs because uh, Stiff Lux uh, had an error in the outfield trying to get a ball. Stiff and, Lux. and the Phillies scored four unearned runs. The kid did pretty well for himself. Uh, but they hit that. How about last night when they bring a guy in who hadn't pitched since like 2019 uh, or 2020 because they had all these injuries? And I'm just screaming at the TV because it's only 5-2. And he's, like, walking the first guy. And I go, <laughs> I, and Bonnie's walking through the uh, walking through the hall. And she's like, who's the stiff? Because she knows everyone I call. <laughs> she knows stiff? I call everyone a stiff if they're not any good. <laughs> who's, the sti- who's the stiff? Oh, that's terrific. I just don't understand how the Dodgers <laughs> don't have. How do the Dodgers don't have starting pitchers in their minor leagues? Because this I happened mean, last year, where the yeah, Dodgers happened last year, I guess I, had like well Trevor Bauer and then injuries, and it was like every third game was the Dodgers had like game. two starters at one point. It was now like is there have, is there nobody on the Triple A team that can come it's up? It's weird and pitch because five they have five, well they have four now because of Kershaw, so they have Anderson, Goslin, uh, Urias, and and um, Bueller, and Kershaw would make five. So until he's back, I guess they're going to go bullpen. It's just strange to me. I feel like you should have somebody in AAA that can come who, up and throw four. You'd be innings. like, "Hey, can you pitch can four you, innings? Can today? you pitch four innings?" Right. So we don't have to ask the bullpen to pitch <laughs> nine innings and then turn around and probably have to pitch four in a doubleheader. It just seems I don't know. It seems weird that there's nobody in the minor leagues there. All right. I don't care who it is. Win. <laughs> <laughs> this is a story that we started talking about yesterday, then got interrupted because Pete DeBoer got fired. But I did want to go back to this because St. Louis Post-Dispatch got a copy of an NFL owner's meeting agenda from 2014. There is a lawsuit going on right now between the city of St. Louis and the NFL and the Rams that basically they're suing because they said, hey, the NFL broke their own um, relocation rules and that St. Louis never should have lost the Rams. So they're suing for money, basically being like, hey, you should pay us something for this. But as a part of this reporting process, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch got a copy of an owner's meeting agenda from 2014. And on that agenda was the topic of moving the Raiders to St. Louis. And that relocation of the Raiders would have included two things. A brand makeover, so they no longer would have been the Raiders, and restructured ownership which means either Mark Davis would have been completely out or partially out something restructured ownership means Mark Davis would have had less control. If any at all, 
Do you take anything this away from like this? sounds like something Jerry Jones cooked I mean, up in the shower. In the sh- yeah, I was thinking about it in the shower. Um, I mean, I don't know how serious it ever got because I think uh, it was just a, a note or addendum on, on, on the, on the uh, agenda, so it probably didn't get very serious. I do think, as you have down here, you know, until he got to Las Vegas, what was the cliche about Mark Davis, poorest owner? I mean, some people, he wasn't even, and I'm saying he wasn't even, that's so so uh, sad that I have to say that, worth a billion dollars because they're all billionaires. He was worth like half a billion. So maybe they wanted a richer owner. Maybe they wanted some with more money. He only has one yacht. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, like, it's sad to say that. So Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, he wrote about this, and one of the things he brought up was the NFL probably wanted an owner that was more interested in making money than Mark Davis. Because is Mark Davis's highest priority to make as much money as possible no. with the Raiders? No. Compared well, to other NFL owners, it, it doesn't Why you buy an NBA, WNBA team it's to make money. So basically they might have been looking at it saying, well, this guy doesn't have as much money as the rest of us. And he doesn't seem as interested as we are in just simply making as much money as possible. So what if we force him out, bring in somebody else that wants to make as much money as possible like us and put the team in St. Louis to make that city happy? Which, by the way, how crazy of a trade would that have been? The Rams go to Los Angeles and say, and the NFL says, "Here's the Raiders, St. Louis. Call them whatever you want. Rename your puppy. We have a new, we have right. a new owner for you. Like, here's go to the shelter, pick up a team, and name them whatever hey, you want. They got roughly the same amount of Super Bowls, right? <laughs> like, that would have been insane if the NFL had like pulled off a trade. And technically, they do not. Oakland would have lost out because the Rams went to LA, not to Oakland. But it like would have they been eventually California did. and St. Louis trade NFL teams. Yep. I mean, Oakland has a team up in Santa Clara. They're fine. Isn't it down in Santa Clara? Yeah. I don't know how California works. California is big. But it's just a... I think you're right in that it wasn't a genuine... I don't think it was genuine. Like, it never got anywhere. But I find it fascinating that it was it was brought up. Like, it was a, it was enough of a topic to be put on an agenda that it was enough of a topic that somebody brought it up like maybe jared said it was jerry jones in the shower was like you know what if we moved the raiders to st louis like somebody out there was like this would be a good idea so i think that part of it's fascinating i mean he is from arkansas 102 year history no majority owner has ever been voted out what happened to uh richard or did he just sell the team because he got caught rubbing employees feet I'm just uh, doing what, uh, trying to do the research. That's you what do. the New York Times story was missing. Says in 102 year history during which various persons of questionable ethics have owned teams. What a shock there! <laughs> uh, no majority <laughs> owners ever been out. Forced termination on account of misconduct would be unprecedented. Like other major pro leagues, the NFL is designed to protect, not endanger ownership investments. Right. Which is, and that that is ultimately, that's probably the most important thing to understand about the NFL off field stuff is that ownership and Roger Goodell, because he works for the owners, Right, they all exist to protect the owners. They all exist to protect themselves. And that's why Dan Snyder hasn't been actually pushed out of right. Washington. What are you talking about? He doesn't get to run his team. That's why it doesn't matter what Jerry Jones does. That's why Jerry Jones can have a hidden child for 30 years or whatever it was, and it just pops up, and it's like... It's not a news story. It's like, oh, Jerry Jones had an illegitimate child and he's been paying him off or whatever it is. Because all of it, all of the, the league in its entirety 
exist to protect the people that own the NFL teams. And they're going to, you, you've got to really screw up to lose your team. And if what you said is true, nobody's actually says, lost their team. It says Jerry Richardson <laughs> put the Panthers up for sale after the confidential payoffs, the sexual harassment and the use of racial right. slurs. And even he decided I'm going to sell. Even if you screw up like that, they didn't vote you him get out to they, sell they, the team. And right now you can sell them for money. billions. Yeah, exactly. I think the average NFL team is worth like 3 billion right now. So like, even if you screw up, they're going to be like, okay, uh, you, we strongly advise you sell this for $3 billion. Right, right. Tough life was, you got the rest of the way. <laughs> Donald Sterling in the NBA was never worth the amount that the Clippers were valued at. But we're going to force him to sell. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly he's a billionaire. Yeah. So Not yeah. a slumlord. What would, the, what would St. Louis have called the Raiders? Well, not the Rams. Are you sure? I think they might have stuck. Would I think they, they have might done have just with it? Said, hey. They've stayed with it. Well, the Rams kept their name when moving to L.A., so probably well, not. They kept their name moving to St. Louis too. Yeah, so they probably wouldn't have got to be the Rams. You're right. What would they have called it? And well, by the way, people love to talk about the Raiders having this great brand. Apparently, in 2014, somebody in the NFL did not care at all about the Raiders' <laughs> brand. They were ready to throw that away. So, yeah, go to St. Louis. You got a Can new name. Can we get the votes? You got a new name. Can we get the votes yeah. to get them out? So, so much for the Raiders having a great brand. Yeah. The NFL was ready to throw that away. And that was only, beat. what, 13 years into the playoff drought? Yeah, 12. 2002? Uh, 12, it was, yeah. It was oh, okay, 16. yeah. So, they yeah. Got, they got like, in in 2016, so. I kind of wish that had happened. That would have been fun. If they forced him out and moved the team to St. St. Louis. Louis. Be like, sorry, St. Louis, we're taking the Rams. But you here's get the, the Raiders. Raiders. Name them whatever you want. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> what it is. They're, like, the Ram- I, okay. St. Louis would have lost their this, dog this, and then this, gone to the shelter to find a new one no. and rename it. This. <laughs> so my parents were given a cat. They didn't like its name. I can't even remember what its name is because they've just taken to calling it kitten cat or you. <laughs> like they don't even like it's they didn't like, even rename like it. they didn't even bother to rename it. They just like St. Louis football team. You nailed you. it. <laughs> the U's. I mean, we just had a Washington football team for two seasons. Yeah. Which actually kind of felt like a good name. Right. They should have yeah. kept it. I'm disappointed they didn't keep it. I would have preferred having just one random team that's football team. It would have been better. Coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show. It's the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Don't have Charles McDonald just yet, but should be getting him in just a second. Charles McDonald of Underdog Fantasy going to join us to talk about the NFL. Um, I do have a question based on a Charles McDonald tweet for you. Do you clean your shower, Ed? Me personally, yes. You do clean your shower? I've got the spongy and everything. Okay. Clean it after every shower so it doesn't get completely. Really? Well, you sponge it after every shower to get the water and the, and the film away, and then when you go to clean it totally, it's not as bad, okay. right? All right, Charles, important question for you based on something you tweeted. How often do you clean your shower? Um, maybe like once a month, probably. Okay. You don't, want, you don't want the mold to like get in there because... Uh, you know, if, if you just have, like, a bunch of wet stuff on the, like, in the walls and uh, on the ground, it's a, it's a moist atmosphere. It's pretty easy for mold to grow. So, you know, and once a month, spray it down, and uh, it's nice. Like, taking a, a shower with clean tiles, it's good stuff. 
Okay. Ed cleans it. Does a scrub down no. every time well, he you showers. Get the, only I've got the uh, you know the little. Every uh, time you shower, not well, a full no, clean. No, not a full clean. The uh, you know you wipe off. You, you got the uh, sponge thing uh, where you wipe off the water that has hit the glass. Yeah, and that way when you come back Ooh, to really he's do the got deep glass. Clean. Somebody's got money over here. <laughs> I, I got a glass shower too. Yes, uh, yes, you're darn yeah. right. I use Windex uh, when I have my clean days. There you, you know? go. You know what? That reminds me. I current we have a, a glass shower too. We currently have a broken door on our shower. Oh, and uh, and have uh, water on the ground. No, no, no. We have a shower curtain on a shower that's not supposed to have a shower curtain. It's 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 very that's a looker. Messy. Oh, it's very messy <laughs> at the moment, and we have yeah, not gotten I, around to fixing. I, I it. had a situation like that too with our shower before it got fixed, where basically you could only close the shower all the way from the inside, <laughs> uh, so you had to. Basically, either let water get on the floor or get in there with a the cold shower while it's <laughs> Oh, that's brutal while, <laughs> because, while the water heats up. Oh. Yep, yep. Because you, you have to, like, hold it open. You have to, like, hold the metal open from the inside and then oh. shut the door closed. So, eventually, I was just like, I, I can't live like this. Landlord, please help me out. And, I'd have, like, you know, four it, towels it was, it's down. One of those problems, like, do you ever have a problem where you just kind of, like, loathe over it? Like, oh, I got to do this at some point. And then you actually do it. And it takes, like, 20 minutes. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what that situation was for me. Because he was like, oh, yeah, I'll come right over and fix it. And he did, and it took like 20 minutes. Well, that's that's yeah. probably my shower door, as I'm like, I don't yeah. know how to fix this. So I guess somebody else will have to do it. But <laughs> it's been house. like three weeks, and we're just like, whatever, we'll live with the shower curtain. But I'm sure once we decide to do it, it'll it'll be done it'll take quickly. take like 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Oh, well. are, you, are you surprised? I don't remember who tweeted that about cleaning their shower, but you quote tweeted it. Are you surprised people put stuff like that on the internet just admitting to being gross i am like why like what are you doing <laughs> and, and people are proud of you too like you're, you're proud of being nasty like for what like, do, you, do you like having people come over to your house like i remember when i was young my mom would yell at me like if i put dishes back and there was like a hint of like grease on it still she would maybe come back upstairs and re-scrub the pot so like these are the things that are burned into my brain as I become an adult, now I become an adult, man. I'm about to be 28. I'm an adult, uh, so you know I, I, I'm I'm a pretty clean guy. I uh, like to stay clean. I don't understand when people get on the internet and say, "Yeah, I'm nasty as hell." And what about it? <laughs> well, you think that's how about that? <laughs> All right. Um, can you walk us through the mindset of an average Falcons fan when the NFL schedule was released? <laughs> See, all you have to do is just go to the replies. <laughs> no one is excited for this. First of all, the NFL, I got to say, thank you for the Will Anderson effort here. Like This schedule is a great step in the right direction towards getting the top three pick if the roster already wasn't there uh, by itself. You know, I, I don't remember the whole schedule. I'm going to pull it up real quick just so you know, if you guys who are listening aren't uh, familiar with the Falcons schedule, one, they're already a really bad team. Uh, two, they got a hell of a schedule to start off. So we're Saints, at Rams, at Seahawks, Browns, Bucks, 49ers, Bengals, Panthers, Chargers, Panthers again. Then you get the Bears, Commanders, Steelers. Starts to taper off a little bit. And then you're back at it. Saints, Ravens, Cardinals, Bucks to end the season. If Will Anderson is not in a Falcons jersey this time next year, <laughs> I'm going to be very, very upset. Uh, because here's, here's my hope for the Falcons season. I, I don't even think that they should really even bother with Mariota 
Uh, just start Ritter. Well, well, you're, you have a quarterback prospect, someone who can maybe be a starter. I don't know what you're dealing with Mariota for uh, at this point. It was, it was a cool idea before you drafted Ritter, but you drafted Ritter. So just give him the keys and see if he can just stay competent. I hope that he can stay competent so that we don't have to get into the Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud game uh, next year. But at the same time, you heard the teams I just listed off. If they start off the season like 0-9, I don't think anyone should be surprised. To go from Rams, Seahawks, Browns, Bucks, 49ers, Bengals, and then you get a game that says Chargers two weeks after that, no, no, they're about to get killed. So uh, when you go back and you look at the Falcons' schedule release, just look at the replies, and that will show you where Falcons fans are. It will be like 0-17, oh, 3-14. and 14. Oh, we're screwed. Man, we have no chance this year. And when you go through something like 28-3 to 3 on the stage like that, there's no reason to lie to yourself about this team anymore. They're losers. We've accepted that. <laughs> but guess what? We're, we're still going to be there on Sunday. And, and I, you know, it's funny because I just interviewed Gail Bean, who plays uh, Wanda on Snowfall FX uh, for the podcast, The Exemplist. And we were talking, you know, she's a Falcons fan, too. She's from Atlanta. And she was like, you know, you, you kind of just got to go into the season with no expectations because what expectations are there left to have? You got as close as you possibly could to winning the Super Bowl and it had like the most freakish accident, you know, sequence of plays to get you out of that. So I got to be honest with myself. The team sucks, but we got some fun <laughs> players. We got Kyle Pitts, we got Drake London, we got CPAT. If you had any semblance of like even an SEC level offensive line, maybe you could be watchable, but uh, Jalen Mayfield and Matt Hennessy and Caleb McGarry are still over there. So uh, I, just, I just need like one win against the Saints. That's all I need this year. Then let's go get Will Anderson next year. Hopefully, Ritter looks competent. But yeah, we're not we're not deluding ourselves into thinking like this is a a seven or an eight nine win team. No, we're we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here, and it's fine because we might get Will Anderson. So important question: since you've already identified who you want them to draft next year, are you cheering for them to lose? Sure. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I, well, but like, I don't. No, but he, here's the thing: I don't need to. I don't need to cheer for them to lose. Like they're going to get wrecked, but like everyone they play this year. Uh, I like. I, I do think their cornerback tandem with Casey Hayward and AJ Terrell and uh, Isaiah Oliver is a little interesting. But you know, it, it's still like Grady Jarrett is still doing the uh, the like the 300 meme when he's just standing there with the sword and the shield, and all of those guys are running towards him. Or I know it's the Battle of the Bastards from Game of Thrones when he's just standing there and all the guys are running down the hill, that's basically Grady Jarrett every time he plays an NFL offensive line because he's getting no help up there. So, look, we still have so little talent that even with the additions they made, they should still be one of the worst teams in the league, which is exactly what I need. And they have a really, really brutal schedule. So, look, the, the, the part that I'm worried about is when you get past the Chargers game in, like, week 10 or whatever, you get the Panthers, Bears, Commanders, Steelers, those four winnable games, it kind of worries me a little bit. But then at the end, you get Saints, Ravens, Cardinals, Bucks to close the season. That should be at 0-4, and Will Anderson should be right in my hands next year. Are you saying you're not excited to see Mariota and Brian Edwards, the Raiders uh, combo? They're going to be in the turf every single play. Have you seen the Falcons <laughs> offensive line? Look, I, I, this, is, this is the part I don't get where people are like, hey, the Falcons, you know, they got – Kyle Pitts and Drake London and the Brian Edwards trade is kind of interesting. They got a good running back room. Okay. And I, I, I agree with all that as an assessment, but the offensive line is so bad that 
you know, it, it's it's going to tank the season. Watch what Matt Ryan does this year with Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson in front of him. It, it, like, he won't know what the hell just happened. He's playing a totally different sport this year than he was last year. <laughs> La- like, what he was playing last year, that, that was not football. And somehow he dragged that sorry-ass team to seven wins. So, I'm, I'm rooting for Matt. This is, like, a brand-new experience for him. And there's going to be the difference between the Colts' offensive line and the Falcons' offensive line is basically why the Falcons are going to get the number two pick and the Colts are probably going to be in the playoffs with the division. Is this well, going, that and a lot of other things. <laughs> is, is this going to be better for you than the season they lost the Super Bowl? Um, I, I, I don't even I, – I, everything's been bad since then. So, uh, <laughs> I, I guess this, this is better because we finally have a fresh start, you know, new quarterback – they're finally getting their, the new regime finally getting their teeth into the roster. Uh, and they have a whole, whole bunch of cap faces next year. You got new faces, new stars. So, look, see, this is the problem with the Falcons. Like, they're bad, right? But they still have enough reasons. Like, hey, maybe I should watch this see what happens with Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Oh, and they have A.J. Trump, Grady Jarrett on defense. Like, there's just enough stuff to keep you intrigued, which is the problem. But I'm rooting for, like, 2-15 and 15 this year, both wins against the Saints. Will Anderson next year. <laughs> All right. He's Charles McDonald at Four Verts on Twitter, our favorite Falcons fan. Thanks, Charles. All right. See ya. Thanks, Charles. <laughs> at, at some point, we have to ask him about Eugene Robinson. I don't know who that is. Should I know who that is? Yes. You Well, maybe not. He was a... Anyway, he played for the Falcons the year they went to the Super Bowl in the 90s, and the day before the game, he got arrested for soliciting yeah. a... Actually, that's not true. He won NFL Man of the Year, Yes. then got caught soliciting a prostitute, and basically Rod Smith the entire game was running past him because he was up all night. <laughs> yeah, it happens sometimes. It does. I will say, cheering for a team that you know thinking. Oh, I enjoyed it when the Astros did it thoroughly. Yeah, because you yeah. knew they were trying to yes. lose. When you, when you know, because the Astros basically came out and said, we're going to be bad. Like they, three or four years, we're going to be bad. I thoroughly so, enjoyed it. I'm pretty sure they trademarked Lastros. <laughs> might have, yes. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like there is, there is a level of enjoyment when you have zero expectation that the team is going to be good. And I will also say this. Tanking baseball team, I think, is easier to cheer for than tanking football team. Ooh, no. no because no, okay, yes. tanking football team wins one game, and you might have just blown your draft status. Right. Baseball, like the bad Astros won 50-something right. games, right? Like, like the Reds. Yeah, it's not going to matter too much if you win a random right. game in May. But like tanking football team, you screw up and pull off an upset. You go from picking first to picking fourth, and now all of a sudden, oh, God, you ruined it. Tanking basketball team might be my favorite because it's a bunch of guys that you're like, these dudes belong in China. <laughs> like, these, that guy just did a bounce pass into the other guy's butt. Well, part of the fun of watching a tanking team is, like, picking out two or three players and convincing yourself they're the future. Oh. oh, that's true. Right. Like that's true. What Charles is, Charles is going to do that, he's already done it with Kyle yeah. Pitts. Yeah. Right? Like, tight end that's really good. And if Desmond Ritter plays, he might right. do it with that. Like, in basketball, it's hard to do. Because if, oh, you, see, if uh, you're tanking in basketball, you've got five guys that, like you said, don't that belong on the stink. court. And you right. can't even convince yourself of uh, it. I love picking a 29-year-old that had been released by half the teams in basketball. <laughs> being like, come on! Get a layup! 
He missed the rim. All right. Those 76ers teams were great. All right. Coming up next, is cussing really that bad? We're back to the press box with Graney and Bischoff. Sports Illustrated had a story that I thought was interesting. Did you know that NBA players have been fined this season for cussing during press conferences? I did not know this until I read it. I didn't either. Um, a grand total of $95,000. So Whoa. not hitting them with a bunch of yeah, money. Not getting killed on the old pocketbook. But we've had Patrick Beverly, Kevin Durant, Julius Randle, and some other guys fined. Uh, there was even a player um, that was warned, not fined, but warned because he cussed in an interview with a like uh, online website, right? Not during a press conference live, but just talking he to a reporter. Caught, he got caught using profanity. He just cussed while giving an answer. The reporter used that, and the N- NBA came to him and said, hey, we're warning you, you, you don't need to cuss. Why? This is an American league and cursing is very American. I am not, I am, I am against this. So the NBA president of operations, Byron Spurl is quoted in the sports illustrated story. And he said, this is about league standards and making sure we have the right look and feel and demeanor to our game on and off the court. I, I think why not give him a dress code? They do. Yeah. I think they're way off here. Whoosh. I think, like, the idea that cursing is finable in a press conference, I think I think they're way off here. Like, if you just use it as, like, an I guess if you cuss at somebody. Right. Right. Like, if you, to like, a reporter and you go back at Yeah, you, you and you, like, leap off you. or, yeah. Exactly. But, like, if you just, like, use the F word as an adjective yeah. or something, we're finding people for that in a press conference? I, I think that's ridiculous, right? And I guess the concern here is that the players association is like hold on now you this we did not like negotiate this this was not something we agreed upon and you guys are just finding our players for whatever the hell they're finding them for and we didn't really agree to hey let's let's start finding guys but, for cursing during press conferences who is this for cuz i'm sure the media is like no no we want oh, them to yeah. be as truthful as exactly. possible exactly Yes. We, uh, what what were your thoughts of the game? But make sure to be conservative about it. <laughs> yes, uh, they did. The president of operations, Byron Spurl, he did not say specifically. He just gave that quote about having the right look and feel and demeanor to the game. But the story in Sports Illustrated sort of goes. They talked to a professor of cognitive science at UC San Diego and the author of What the F: What Swearing Reveals About Our Language, Our Brains, and Ourselves, and He gave a quote saying studies generally indicate swearing has no measurable negative impact on those who are exposed to it, whether they're adults or kids. So the idea that we've got to protect children from hearing bad words is apparently not real because he goes on to say whether or not the NBA does this, whether or not as a parent, you don't cuss around your kids. They're still going to hear cuss words. Like you're not hiding your kids from cuss words. That's that's the reality. And even, and there's no negative impact of a kid hearing curse words. So there's, I can't figure out a real reason why the NBA would be so adamant that their players don't drop the F-bomb while answering a question about a pick-and-roll defense. I mean, or it's almost like, like a fake level of concern. Yeah, but like, but apparently they're like, hey, we're going to start finding you more. Like, it's, I don't know. I, I honestly, I wish the media could use curse words in their questions. <laughs> hey, Chris Paul, you played like bleep. <laughs> 
You just getting older. What the bleep <laughs> happened? Would be better. I think it would be. I mean, the media can. You just might not be. You might not be employed the, the next, next week game. or credentialed the next game. <laughs> oh, that, I mean, that, that question is still better than some of the ones I've heard while breaking down sound for this show. It's I'm just I, I just found it fascinating that A, they've been finding players and B, they well, find it. Well, listen, if it's a total of 95 grand, those guys right. will take, like those guys will Durant, take the swearing. Kevin Durant got like 15,000. Yeah, I'm going to keep Draymond swearing if that's got, what the fine is. I think Draymond Green got 25,000 yeah. for his metal fingers. Well, he can make that back, as he said. Right. He's like, I make 25 million, so who cares? Yeah. But it's just, it's enough for the NBA to be like, we need to change this and we need to find people to do it.